Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. Man, a little bit, we're going to be jumping into the message But before we do, I just want to do a little celebrating. I want to bring just a word of encouragement and maybe a challenge. So 2022 for missions has been a great year, right? I know in a couple couple weeks, a few short weeks, we're going to be having our missions conference in January and looking ahead to what 2023 has. Pastor Angel and myself uh, just got back from a mission summit. We we picked our project for 2023. And man, I don't want to share anything today because there's going to be so much to share uh, here in the next few weeks, but just wanted to bring an update, and thank you for your generosity, thanks for having a heart of missions. If you made a pledge for 2022 in January of, you know, this year, I, this is it, this is your last month to fulfill that pledge, so I would encourage you to do so, but man, isn't it awesome that, that over Thanksgiving we had an opportunity to partner with our, our campus in Akron, and because of your generosity, over 400 individuals had a hot meal for Thanksgiving, isn't that awesome? Come on, let's give the Lord some praise for that, that was phenomenal. Can I just celebrate our kids for a little bit? Our kids also give to missions, and so they give to BGMC, all right? And last year, they, I, they gave, in 2021, they gave like seven, a little over $700. This year, they've tripled that. I think they're close to $2,400 that the kids have given to missions this year, which is awesome. And our teenagers up front here, they had some bold faith, and uh, man, they, they've they're, on, they're really close. They're on a verge. So here's what happened. They were like, we believe that God's going to do something amazing. And so they have collected almost $5,000. They're, they're about $500 short. And uh, over the next, I think they have one more week to be able to collect that money. If they do, if they reach this $5,000 mark, the church board has said we will match their generosity and give $10,000 to Speed the Light, which is the way our teens give to missions. So if the Lord puts you on your heart, maybe to sponsor a teen, or if you're a parent of a teen, man, I would encourage you to, let's get there, right? Let's get to that $5,000 and let's see that match. So some crazy generosity from our teenagers in the heart of missions. And uh, I'm going to share a video to our Facebook group just to bring you up to speed of something that's happening uh, with one of our missionaries. Uh, one of our missionaries over 30 years ago went to a country, felt like the Lord was leaving. He left the pastor and he goes to, to, to a country and he plants a church. We planted that church. He handed it off to, to a national in that, in that country. Now here's what's crazy. 30 years later, he just went back for a service that church that he planted 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, has now planted 20 other churches and has reached tens of thousands of people in that country. And here's the awesome thing. Radiant Life Church has been partnering with that missionary for the past 30 years. So your generosity, come on, your generosity is not just impacting Akron and Wadsworth or the United States, but truly is not having an impact all over the globe. So I would give you just a quick challenge as you're, you're thinking about 2023. My challenge would be is, Lord, what do you want me to give and where do you want me to go? Right? Where, what do you want me to give and where do you want me to go? There's going to be opportunities for missions trips next year for you to be able to say yes to. So just know that those are some things coming. And um, this morning we're going to jump into the message. Just so you know, everything I just talked about for missions does not go against my sermon time. So if you thought I preached too long, just know we're starting now. That was all free 
That was about missions, and so if you have your watch out or you got your smart device and you got your stopwatch, you can hit start now, and we're going to jump into this brand new sermon series entitled, Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Now, some of you, you just got a little excited, like, yes, man, I'm hungry. I want to know more about who the Holy Spirit is. Some of you are a little scared. You're like, okay, what's today going to be about? What's the next three weeks going to be about? And others of you, maybe you find yourself intrigued. And all of that may be in response to whether you, how you were raised. If you were raised in church, or maybe you were raised like me, I was unchurched. I never went through the doors of a church until I was into my 20s, right? And so if you would have said, when I was a young teenager or a young adult, you'd be like, hey, do you know who the Holy Spirit is? I'd have been like, nope, because uh, I didn't have any concept. I didn't have any idea. And so, so a lot of how we were raised in church, and depending on the style of church, really kind of you know, puts in our mindset of who is the Holy Spirit, and maybe you were a part of a church where the Holy Spirit was overemphasized, right? Everything was spiritual, right? You, you, you bind out demons on Black Friday when somebody else gets the front row parking spot and you don't, right? You know what I mean? Like everything's spiritual, like how dare you? And you, re- it's like, okay. Or maybe you were raised in a church where the Holy Spirit wasn't talked about much and it felt like the church was powerless, all right? So hopefully over the next few weeks, what you're going to see is just an unpacking of who is the Holy Spirit. And you may find yourself this morning... If you're watching online, you're, you're in person this morning, maybe you find yourself in one of these three, the three categories. All right, the first category would be cautious, right? You, the Holy Spirit's never really been explained. You're a little hesitant. Is he real? How do I know? Will, will something cray-cray go on in my life? If, like, like if the Holy Spirit speaks to me, is that, will that feel weird? And the answer is no, but maybe you find yourself a little cautious. Or maybe you find yourself in the other category, which would be curious, and you want to, I would encourage you, this is the moment. If you're curious, just lean in, right? Grab, grab a, some notes, grab a pen or some note, a note card in the seat back in front of you. Grab out your phone. You can go to the church app. You can take notes right there. Take some notes. Write some things down. Maybe the Holy Spirit will speak to you right here in this service, and you're going to be able to write that down. Or, or maybe you're in the other category, which would be confident, right? Confident. You've been walking with the Lord. You, you hear his voice. You know when he speaks to you. Like you're like, man, I, I, I have found freedom in the Holy Spirit. I'm walking that out. The fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, right? Gentleness, self-control. They're, man, I'm walking in that. I'm living that out. That's awesome. It's safe in this room today to be in any of those categories, whether you're cautious, curious, or confident. What I want to do is just set the precedent of what's going to take place over these next three weeks. Because we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person to know, not a principle to learn. Right? The Holy Spirit is a person to know, not a principle to learn. Man, I feel like when we read in Scripture, we think of God the Father, and we're like, we're good with God the Father. He's the creator of all things, and that's wonderful. You see in Scripture that God the Father is mentioned 4,000 times. We're like, man, this is so easy to understand, and I, and I love talking about it. And then we love talking about Jesus. Jesus is mentioned over 1,300 times. We love talking about his birth, right? We're going to celebrate it on Christmas, literally on Christmas Day. How cool is that, that we get to have church on Christmas Day? I would encourage you, though, to get here early, right? We're going to set up tons of extra seats. I think the capacity for this room, uh, for our, the way we're supposed to do it, is 402. I'm not sure how we got there, but we're going to set up 400 seats, and they will all, probably all be taken, so make sure you get here on time. If you have a big group coming, you may want to show up time, maybe bring some reserved, I don't know, whatever you want to do, but just make sure you get here for that, right? And so we love talking about Jesus. We love, we love like, man, I'm all in, and he, he's great, and we love talking about his sacrifice and his forgiveness and his love, so I'm, I'm great talking about God the Son. So we're good with God the Father, we're good with God the Son, but what about the other guy? 
Right? What about the other guy? The mention of the Holy Spirit is it's just a little over 100 times in Scripture. When we, when we read about God, the Spirit of God, it's mentioned about 500 times. But are we as comfortable talking about God, the Spirit? You see, what I know about life, what I know about faith, is we tend not to pursue what we don't understand. Or if we don't understand something, we're not like, oh, let me dive a little bit deeper into that. No, we're like, ah, I'm just going to push back a little bit. I'm just, I'm just going to remove myself because I don't understand it. It's like putting together Ikea furniture, right? If you've ever done that, like they give you, they, they give you the description, they give you the picture, and you're like, this makes no sense. How do, pieces, parts, and next thing you know, you're just putting things together. And so sometimes we, we push back on things that we don't understand. So my hope is that over the next three weeks, we'll, we'll be able to teach, we'll be able to preach so that you have a better understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, up here this morning, I uh, have a wonderful kayak, and uh, so maybe, maybe you've been kayaking before. How many adventurous people do we have in the room? You've been kayaking before? Uh, so I've done kayaking just a few times. Um, one of the times was a family in church. Uh, they said, hey, there's this great uh, opportunity. That you can go on the Cuyahoga River. It's like, I can't remember the name, like Burning River and kayaks, and you can go there. Great experience. And so we're like, yeah, let's do it. It's a great summer adventure. And so we set out, we booked this, and so we take, take the girls, and I have three daughters, and we're like, okay, let's go. We get in the tandem kayaks. They give us our oar, and we're ready to go. Well, there's a couple things you can do when you're in a kayak. You can just let the current take you, or you can put a little muscle into it. They said, hey, this adventure is going to last probably two, two and a half hours, and anytime you give me a time constraint or restraint, I feel like it's, a, it's something I can beat, right? I'm like, two hours, I got this. Right, so there's moments where the current's moving good, and, and I'm like, okay, we're just going to ease, and we're going to float on down. But then there was this moment where the current was, wasn't moving very quick. And off in the distance, I saw a tree that had fallen into the, to the river, and so I was like, okay, girls, what we're going to do? We're going to get even. We all got even. I'm in the back of the boat, angels in the front. And I was like, okay, ladies, you ready? I said, we're going to race. Right, we're going to race to that tree that's fallen down. So I was like, on your mark, <sighs> let's go. And so, right, I'm calling it out. Like, angels in the front, and I'm like, left right, left, right. And I was like, Angel, you gotta do your job. Left, right. How many know I didn't say that to her, right? Because you know what would have happened. It would have been like this, bam, right into the back of the head. Uh, but that didn't happen, but, but we, we won, right? And just for you parents, that's good parenting. It's okay to beat your kids. You gotta show them who's boss. That's what we did. Like, hey, everybody gets a trophy if you win. Loser, no, I didn't say that to kids, but I thought about it, but we did. But we won, it was great, but here's what happened. Early on when the current was carrying us, everything was fine. After my little race, <gasps> I'm sucking wind. My shoulders are on fire. Muscles are hurting that I didn't even know I had, right? And I'm like, this was a bad idea. Whose idea was to go kayaking? Because the thing with kayaking is you can rest or you can do the work. But the more work that you're going to do, right, and the faster you want to get going down that water, the more tired you're going to get, the more ready you are or willing to quit, because you have to do all the work. And I wonder if that's our faith, if that's sometimes our relationship with Christ. We feel like we have to do the majority of the work. Let me give you a translation of the word, of the word spirit, okay? You see two different translations. In the Old Testament, it's the word ruach. It literally means wind or breath, but it's not a normal breath. Like, it's, it's violent. It's this, whoo, a blast of breath. In the New Testament, we see the Greek word is translated as spirit as pneuma. It means wind a current of air, a blast of breath. But so often what we do is we come over to our kayak and we're like, okay, Jesus, I want you in my life. Whew. But I'm going to do all the work. 
And we can do all the work. We can put all the energy in as much as we want, but we're doing it by ourselves. And the Lord is like, listen, you can stay in your kayak or you can jump on my sailboat. But so often we're like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to get in and I want to do as much work and as much strain and I'm going to push and I'm going to do and I'm going to do. And we feel like we're always tired and we can never achieve and it's never going to be enough. And the Lord's like, listen, you don't have to stay in the kayak. You can be in my sailboat with a fresh wind, a fresh breath that will push you, that will guide you, that will motivate you, that will move you downstream. And here's the thing, you will go faster, you will go further, and it will be less work on you if you're willing to surrender. And we all need that fresh breath. Maybe it's a fresh breath in our marriages. Maybe we, we feel like, man, I've, I've done this or I've done that, and I've tried and I've tried. Did you ever try not trying? And just allowing it to be natural and allowing the spirit to lead and just say, God, would you breathe a fresh breath into my marriage and, and pray for your spouse as, mu as, as much as you talk negative about them? Maybe we need a, a fresh breath with our children, maybe with our coworkers, right? And it's an opportunity for us to just lean in. In the Old Testament, the spirit of God would actually descend upon people. We have David when he, when he sinned against God and, uh, with Bathsheba. He says this, he says, please do not what? Take your spirit from me. And over in the New Testament, we see that, that when Jesus left to go to the throne room of heaven, that the Holy Spirit came, and the Holy Spirit will never leave us nor forsake us. The day of Pentecost, we see, we see the Holy Spirit pour, poured out on the disciples as they gathered and waited and tarried in the upper room, and, and because of that, you see miraculous signs that followed. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to live a supernatural life in a natural world. He wants you to empower you to live a supernatural life in a natural world. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of John, chapter 14. We're going to lean into the text and, and dive into it and see what it has to say to us about the person of Holy Spirit. Starting in verse 16, it says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or another counselor, a helper, who will never leave you. Okay, remember, here's Holy Spirit who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and you now and later will be in you. And says, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Now what's interesting to me from this text is we see that the Holy Spirit is not an it. Right? So often we hear, well, it led me to. It, it. It, it, it's asking me, and, and we refer to it as it, but, but it is not an it. It is the third person of the Trinity. It is God in spirit form. The scripture says that, that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. How can you grieve an it? No, you can grieve a person because there's emotions tied to it, right? I mentioned the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. Those, those, some of those are, they cause and stir up emotions. And so when we grieve the Holy Spirit, it's because it's not an it, it's a person, Jesus says, I'm going to go away and send the spirit to be within you. He's going to be a counselor. That word counselor means one who is called to walk alongside. So think about how amazing that is. He's saying, listen, I'm going to send one that will walk alongside of you, who will be your counselor, who will be your comforter, who will be your advocate, who will be your intercessor, who will be your helper, and who will be your friend. Now think about it this way this morning. Maybe, maybe you have a choice. 
right? What if you had a choice this morning to, to have Jesus with you in bodily form or his spirit, which one would you choose? Like he could be sitting right next to you or he would give his spirit to you. Which one would you choose? You're like, ah, right? That's a tough call. Right, I tend to lean, maybe, maybe I'd lean a little bit more. I think it'd just be cool if he was next to me. Right, can you imagine one day you just wake up and you're like, ah, I slept wrong. My back's a little sore, it's a little tight. And you're walking down the road and you're like, Jesus, my back. And then poof, you're like, ah, I feel great. Right, you hit, you hit, you're at the uh, Chipotle of Bethlehem and uh, there's only one burrito left. It's like, Jesus, there's only one burrito and there's thousands of us waiting in line. And Jesus is like, I got this. And next thing you know, there's the thousand burritos and everybody's fed. So it would be great if you had Jesus in person form right there with you. But Jesus is going to show us it would be better for us to have the Holy Spirit than to have him present. He says it in John 16, verse 7. It says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Can you imagine being the receiver of that word? Can you imagine being an early disciple and you've given up? You're, you've, Jesus like, come and follow me. And I'm Peter, like, let's go, let's go. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And you leave your career, you leave your job, you leave your family. And you're following after Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus is like, hey, listen, I'm going to go, but I'm going to send one greater. Like, what? Jesus, I've watched you. I've walked alongside of you. I've seen you do the miraculous. What do you mean it's better for you to go? And he says, it would be better that I go, because if I don't, the advocate, right, the comforter, the counselor won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Jesus is saying, it's better to have the Holy Spirit inside of you than me walking beside you. Right, it is better. It's better for you to have the Holy Spirit, right, inside of you than me walking beside you. Unfortunately, we live in a, we live in a world where, where sometimes we hear follower of Jesus or Christian, and it, and it, it kind of gives that bad taste in our mouth because we see people who, who are like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, but they, they act like everyone else. There's no difference in their life, right? Their prayer life is flat. Every, everything they do and they say, and you're like, man, I'm not seeing the fruits or the evidences of that, right? They have a relationship with Jesus, but they're not walking in the power of Jesus, because I think so often what we'd rather do is feel powered by our own strength instead of empowered by the pneuma, right? To live and to walk and to, to have a life of victory because we're spirit-led, because we're spirit-empowered, because we're spirit-equipped to live that life of victory. So why is this a struggle? Why do, why do, we, why do we go, man, I could have this sailboat and have it empowered by the breath of the Lord, or I can just keep doing it on my own with the kayak? I think there's two, two reasons for the struggle this morning. The first is awareness, sometimes we're just not aware of the Holy Spirit. And Acts chapter 19 uh, gives us a great biblical account. Uh, it's in verses one through three. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, so these were people who were following Jesus, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So obviously they were not there at the day of Pentecost. They were not gathered in that room. They'd received a baptism, but it was that baptism by John the Baptist. And, it, and when he asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit? The scripture says they answered no. We have not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Like, listen, we're good. We've heard from John the Baptist we've, and, and we're good, but who is the Holy Spirit? And maybe, maybe that's you. You find yourself going, man, I'm just not aware. I wasn't raised. I wasn't taught. I haven't had an opportunity to dive into the, to the scriptures and say, oh God, what, what is, who is the Holy Spirit? It was a number of years ago, and if you've been coming to the church for any length of time, uh, I'm a sports geek. 
All right, I'm a sports nut. I, if, it, if it can be a sport, I want to play it. Not just watch it. I want to experience, experience it for myself. Right? It doesn't matter what it is. So I, I played football, basketball, baseball. I traveled all around the world. We, we were this close to making it into the Little League World Series when I was 12. I mean, just love playing anything that had to do with sports. Even as a 16-year-old, some, some of you know the story. Some of you laugh at it still today. But when I was 16, I, I found the sport of boomerangs. I got into the National Boomerang Association, traveled around the country throwing boomerangs. I was on ESPN at 16, right? How many of you all can say you were on ESPN, right? I was on ESPN, and I was doing, uh, there was different categories, and one is fast catch, and so you got to throw a boomerang. It's got to go out 20 meters, and you got to catch it in a circle, and you got to do that five times. I think I had, nine, it was 19 seconds. They can do it in like 14 or 13 now. Boomerang's traveling at over 200 miles an hour, and you have to catch it while it's flying towards your face. Yeah, so it's, it's, not, it's not like, oh, that seems pretty easy. You just throw it, uh, no, it's zoom. And you, I would wear a goalie glove because if you didn't, it would literally could snap your fingers like that, right? And so I'm, I just love sports. Well, then you get older and you're like, ah, maybe less contact sports. How about bowling, <laughs> right? So I get into bowling. Next thing you know, I got four bowling balls. I, I mean, I had, in my bag, I would carry alcohol. I had this big brace and you're like, alcohol, rubbing alcohol, okay, easy. It's not like I was like, oh, vodka. Like, it didn't help me be a better bowler. All right, and so I, why? Because I would take my cloth and I would get all the grease and all the oil off my ball because I wanted to grab on the lane. And depending on the lane, like I had these Dexter bowling shoes that you could change out the pads depending like how far I wanted to slide. Did I want to stick? It just depended on crazy stuff, right? I was all in. I think my average was like that. Ah, was like 185, something like that. But I had an opportunity because we were doing pretty good to go to Reno and bowl in like a national tournament. I was like, yeah, I can go to Reno. Let's let's do this. Uh, some of you are. Are you tracking with me this morning? Some of you are like, what useless information are you preaching about bowling this morning? Just hang on. We're getting there, okay? And so, so the time comes. We go to the airport. We're running late. And we get to the, to the counter, to the ticket agency. And we're like, hey, we're here. And she's like, you guys are late. Yes, but we're here. And so we're ready to make the flight. And she was like, I'm so sorry because you were running late. The flight was overbooked. We gave your tickets away to somebody else. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, the tournament starts tomorrow at noon. And so what flight can you get us on? Because obviously it was your mistake because we're here and the flight is still here, but now it's overbooked and so we can't get on. Yeah, it is, our apologies are bad, but there is no other flight. What do you mean there's no other flight? There's no other flight we can put you on. We don't have, what about another carrier? I don't think that's going to be an option. We can get you on a flight tomorrow. We'll get there at three. No, we bowl at noon, so this really isn't an option. Okay, so what are you going to do? Well, one of the guys we were with was a former Major League Baseball player. And uh, so we just sat back, and he's up at the counter. He's doing his thing, and he's talking, and he's sharing. And it's probably 15, 20 minutes later, he comes back. He's like, all right, guys, I got good news and bad news. Okay, what you got? He's like, we're going to Reno. Yes. He's like, we're going to leave probably in about four hours. Okay, so we're going to get in really late. No problem, but we're going to make it. And so we're like, okay, where's the bad news? Well, the bad news is not with this carrier. This, this flight is going to be on a different, a different carrier. And we're like okay, I never really heard of that one. He goes, but there's better news. He goes, the only seats they had available were first class. And so they went ahead and covered it and put it in this first class. Let's go! I'm like, I'm going to Reno in first class. Here's the crazy thing. I had never ridden in first class. I have not ridden in first class since, and that was 26 years ago, right? So if any of you ever want to buy me an airplane ticket and you want to bless me, first class it is. All right, no, I'm just kidding, but here's the deal. Sit in first class. Like, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be a great experience, right? Those bougie seats, like, ah, oh, 
right? It's a long flight all the way from, it was from Cleveland all the way to Vegas or to Reno. I'm like, I'm going to settle in. It's going to be great. It's going to be fa- fantastic, right? In the back of the plane, I was like in the back of the plane where all the common folks sit, right? Coach, uh, like, they, like in the front of the plane, they call you sir. In the back of the plane, they call you shut up and sit down and find your seat, right? Like that's just the way it goes. Well, I'd never been there. And so next thing you know, they're, they're, they're like, hey, would you, would you like a drink? I was like, sure. And they bring me a Coke in a real glass. <laughs> like, this is not plastic. Like, this is real glass. And they're like, is there anything else we could get for you uh, that we just want you to know there's going to be a meal served on this flight? What would you like? And I was like, I get choices, right? I'm used to getting six pretzels, like, in a bag, and that's all you're going to get for a four-hour flight. I get a meal, and they're like, oh, yeah, and they bring out this chicken, and they bring it to me. I remember it as plain as day because I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like they bring it down, they set it on this tray, it's real silverware, and then off to the side were these little tiny salt and pepper shakers, but they were real, they were glass with a gold lid, and I was like, I've arrived. <laughs> I didn't even want it. I was just like, look at that, little salt, little pepper, right? Great experience. Best part, I didn't pay for it. It cost me nothing. But as we're up in the flight, and maybe you've seen this, I get to experience it. Angel and I just flew back, uh, we got back Saturday from Mexico, and so you see it, like you walk by, and then when the plane's up in the air, what do they do? They pull a curtain. Right? There's a curtain from first class to coach, right? And that's to keep you from not being able to see all the great things up there that they have up there in first class, right? It's like this divider wall. I'm so, great, I'm so grateful that there was a curtain that kept us from the presence of the Lord. But here's the great thing, is that Jesus came, tore that veil, tore that curtain, and now we have access to him. And so often what we do is we sit back and coach and we're like, man, we can do this on my own and everything I have here is great and it's gonna be fine, yet there is power. And all we have to do is walk through because the curtain's already been torn and walk into that first class where the power and the presence of Jesus is real. So don't settle for anything less than his very best in your life. Stop paddling on your own and surrender and rely on the spirit. You have access The same spirit, the scripture says the same spirit, the same presence that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. What? Right? Like the same spirit, three days later, that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. That's power. I don't know about you, but that's that's like miraculous power. That's supernatural power for a natural world. You see, the Holy Spirit is the power of God to pull off the purposes of God. Right, God's called you to a purpose, a specific purpose. And for you to be able to fulfill that purpose, you need the power. And so the Holy Spirit is that power of God to pull off the purposes of God. So that's the first struggle is awareness. The second struggle is resistance. Sometimes we just resist. Sometimes we feel like our way's better. Right, where, where we feel like, God, are you speaking to me? Are you leading me? Are you, are you empowering me? And God asks you to do something, and you're like, ah, I don't really want to do that. That doesn't seem natural for me, and so I won't do that. Or maybe there, there was a moment in your life where you were like, man, I, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, right? Because you resist. You know, you know this is a bad choice. This is, this is not the wisest choice for your life. And all of a sudden, you still make that choice because you resist the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Maybe Monday at work, the Holy Spirit prompts you, right? You have that moment where you're like, I, I should say something. No, I shouldn't say something. The Holy Spirit prompts you to say something, and you don't say something, you're like, man, I should have listened, so there's some resistance. And, and maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online, you're like, well, how do I know? Right? How do I know if it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me or if it's, it's just my own thoughts? Like, how do I know this? Well, I, I tend to think because maybe you find yourself like me, 
in the flesh and we're selfish people by nature, right? We don't come out of the womb saying, I want to bless others. We, came, we come out of the womb saying, mine. And so we live a little selfish. And, and I, I would just, I would challenge you with this. Man, if you have a thought, you, ha, you, have, you feel like the, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to go say something, to bring a word of encouragement to somebody else. If it's about somebody else, that could bring glory to God, it's probably the Holy Spirit. If it's about you and something that will bring glory to you, then it's probably just you, right? If it it benefits you, right, it may just be about you, but if it benefits others, then maybe that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you, right? If you ever feel like there's this conviction and I know I'm not supposed to do it, that's probably the Holy Spirit. Here's a question you can ask yourself. It's, It's a simple question. Will what I'm about to do or say attract or detract from God's glory? Right? And if you're like, oh man, this is going to detract, then it's probably you. If it's going to attract, then it's probably the Holy Spirit. Right? Is this going to attract or, or detract from God's glory? Is this about me or is this about somebody else? You see, I desire to help myself, but the Spirit wants me to help others. That's usually how I know. Like, oh, this is for somebody else. And so I'm going to lean in, and so I need to do that. Maybe it was, I love that, like today, I don't know if you got the word. Hopefully you did. There's text messages went out yesterday where our goal was to try to raise 200 gift cards so that every teenager in Summit County would receive a Christmas gift that's in the foster care system. And so maybe you're like, man, I needed to do that. There's still time for you to do that. If you feel like that was, why? That had nothing to do with you. That has something to do with somebody else. And so if you're like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to buy one, then maybe you're supposed to buy one. We had, I, told, I, pr- I shared it uh, just a few weeks ago. We had someone after the service say, I feel like I'm supposed to buy 50 gift cards. And they bought 50 gift cards, 50 $25 gift cards, because they just felt like that's what the Lord wanted to do. And so they did it. And now we know that we're going to collect enough gift cards that every teenager, every teenager in Summit County who's in the foster care system will receive a gift for Christmas. How awesome is that? But that's how you know it's of the Spirit. It has nothing to do with that. There's no benefit to us. There's no benefit to Radiant Life Church. But there is a benefit to vulnerable children. And that's the desire of God's heart. And so maybe the Spirit is leading us to do that. So real quick, here's what I want to do. I want to give you three, three ways the Holy Spirit desires to work in you to move in your life. These are going to be really fast if you're taking notes. Number one is this. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. His desire is to comfort you. Maybe, maybe you've found yourself in need uh, of that comfort today. Maybe there's a void. Maybe there's a brokenness. Maybe, there's, maybe you're hurting. And you're like, man, I just need the Holy Spirit to, to bring some comfort to my life. I'm going through a tough season, a tough time. I can promise you that he will meet you right where you're at. I know he will. He's done it for me. He's done it for others. Where you just feel like, man, I'm, I'm comforted. I'm walking through something. And someone sees you and they're like, man, you should really be angry right now because of what's happening to you. Yet you have a peace. Right? You should be, man, you should be having anxiety or panic attacks for, for what you're walking through. Yet you walk through and you're like, man, I, I don't have any of that. Why? Because I feel his comfort. You see, if he was with you in bodily form and he was next to you, you would be like, oh, it's all good because Jesus is here. He ascends and he sends the spirit. And now the spirit within all of us is here to comfort all of us, not just because Jesus is next to us, because he's in us. And so he will bring comfort. In times of distress, the world expects you to fall apart, but the spirit is there to hold you together. Right? The world's like, oh, you should be falling apart, yet somehow, some way, you are supernaturally held together. And I love that the spirit brings comfort. But too often in our lives, we go looking for comfort in all the wrong places. 
right? And I would encourage you, man, don't, don't escape the stupid. Some of you are like, is that biblical? Is the word stupid in the Bible? Well, I was just in Mexico, so don't be el stupido, okay, right? But here's the deal. Is that what I mean is we escape to something else other than the person, other than the presence of the Holy Spirit. Like, man, I've just, it's been a horrible day at work, and so I'm going to come home, and I'm just going to find myself doing, going, going beer after beer, shot after shot, drink after drink after drink after drink, because I need to escape from the pain. The problem is you will wake up the next day and still feel the exact same pain, because you can't escape, but you can find comfort. You can find freedom if you're willing to surrender to the Spirit. Just a few short weeks. I forgot to mention this in the first service, but here we are, second service. In just a few short weeks, in the month of January, on Thursday nights, right here at Radiant Life Church, Hope Recovery Community is coming. We're going to be running meetings every Thursday night at 6 o'clock. So you may find yourself struggling with, with an addiction. Man, there's hope. Hope is available. And so we're going to be doing that every Thursday night. Why? Because we know that there's hope, that there's comfort. Not only is there comfort, the second thing, if you're taking notes, is the Holy Spirit will counsel you. He's your counselor. He is your guide. You don't know what to do? He can direct you. In John 16, 13, Jesus said, but he, the spirit of truth, comes. He will guide you in all truth. Right? To be aware of the presence, to be able to go on your day knowing, man, if the spirit speaks to you, you can listen because he's going to give you that counsel. If you feel like you're supposed to send a text message or a word of encouragement or you're supposed to go next door and talk to that neighbor, I would just encourage you to say yes. The Spirit's leading you, man, walk in it, because there's counsel. If you're not sure what to do, I love what the text says in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. And I love that we can find comfort. I love that we can find counsel. But I also love the fact that that we, we, we come to an understanding that the Spirit will never lead you contrary to his word. It will always be according to his word not contrary to his word, right? The spirit is not, is not leading you to the bed of somebody else who's not your spouse. That is not the Holy Spirit, that is you, right? The Holy Spirit is, is not leading you to get drunk more because you make better decisions when you are. The Holy Spirit is not leading you to take a trip to Las Vegas with your tithe money. That is not the Holy Spirit, that is, that is you. He's not gonna lead you contrary to his word. He's gonna lead you according to his word. By a show of hands, I'm just curious. How many of you have ever felt comfort or counsel from the Holy Spirit? See how awesome that is? Like we can, it's available to us. That power is available to us. And lastly, if you're taking notes, is the Holy Spirit will convict you of your need for Jesus. Your need for Jesus. You may be watching online, you may be in the room this morning. Maybe you're not even a church person. You just, you showed up today and you're like, Jesus, if you're real, would you speak to me? And you feel like this, this sense in your heart, right? You, you, you may have walked in and you're like, man, I'm carrying this guilt or this shame and I, and I don't know why. But there's a drawing. You're like, I don't even know what to call it. It would be the person of the Holy Spirit. I remember this was years ago. Right? Remember, I'm an unchurched young adult, never been, and I started attending church with my, with my wife, and um, we start going, and I remember for a couple months, I would just sit there, and I would listen, and there was this one day where, where something was different. 
And I was like, man, I, I just feel guilty for, for all these stupid decisions I've made in my life. And, and why do I keep making them? And they're not leading me to anything pure or holy. And, and next thing you know, there was an opportunity to give my life to Jesus. And I was like, yes. No one had to say anything. It was, it was do you want to know Jesus? And I said, yes. And it was that moment where that weight was lifted, right? Where that moment of surrender where, where I was like, ah, this, I don't have to feel this way anymore. Because it was that moment of surrender to Jesus. And this morning, I just want to take an opportunity for us to pray. So I'm just going to encourage you. And again, I, I know I say it when I say close your eyes. It's not because something happens when we just close our eyes. We're not going to do anything crazy. It's just because I want you to dial in and stay focused in on the moment. So for just a moment, would you close your eyes? Because I want to share just a little bit more, and then I want to pray with you. But as we go to prayer this morning, I don't want you to look around, because I believe the Holy Spirit is moving, he's drawing, and it, it may be you this morning, where he's speaking directly to you. Maybe you look at your life and like you're like, I, I, want, I need more evidence in my life. I need... I, I, I'm just struggling in certain areas. Maybe the Holy Spirit's working on you. Maybe you find yourself here this morning and you're not a church person. You're like, I've never been and, and, and it, what is happening right now and why do I have this? And, and God is drawing you and I would encourage you, don't resist. Don't resist, lean in. It's the Spirit that draws us to the person of Jesus that we can be reconciled back to our Father. So if that's you this morning, you find yourself going, I, I need, I need Jesus. With no one looking around, here's all I'm gonna ask you to do because I wanna pray with you. If that's you this morning, if you're online, one of our hosts would love to pray with you. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand toward heaven and say, that's me, I, I'm, I'm feeling a stirring in my heart and I need Jesus. Would you pray with me this morning, pastor? Thank you, is there anyone else? Thank you. Father, this morning we surrender to you just as we put ourselves in a posture of service started that we wanted to receive. God, here we are receiving from you. Lord, I pray that you right now in this moment as we surrender to you with our hands lifted, our hearts abandoned, that we wanna have a relationship with you. God, it's in this moment where, where I pray your Holy Spirit enters in to the hearts, to the lives, to the spirits, to the souls of, of those individuals who, yes, say, yes, I need you. God, that you would breathe by your spirit a fresh breath into their life. Lord, when they leave this place today, this moment of surrender, this day of salvation, they would know that their life is different because of your presence. So Lord, thank you that we can walk and we can live in victory because of who you are and what you've done for us at the cross. Lord, I pray today it would be a day of encounter. Speak to us, reveal yourself to us in Jesus' name. See, this moment, this morning, we've, we changed the order of service and we're gonna do some worship here at the end because we wanted to give you an opportunity to respond. You don't need another explanation, you need an experience. We could, we could teach, we could explain, and we're gonna continue to do that over the next few weeks. Or we, In this moment, we could, we could just stand and respond. And so maybe you find yourself here this morning and you're like, man, I, I need more of the presence because I need a comforter. Or maybe you need more of the Holy Spirit because you need the counselor. Or maybe you need the Holy Spirit this morning because you need healing. Or maybe you need the Holy Spirit this morning because you need to find freedom. Maybe you're struggling and you, you continue to go back to the same thing that keeps causing you the problems over and over and over again. 
and you're like, man, I keep rowing my kayak, but I'm getting nowhere. Would you try this morning surrendering to Holy Spirit and saying, God, I give this to you and I don't wanna go back. And you, whatever that blank is, whatever that addiction is, whatever that struggle is that you're struggling with this morning and you can't find hope and you can't find freedom, I'm gonna encourage you today to stand to your feet and worship. So all over this place, if you're able, would you stand? As we begin to sing this chorus, I want you, it says, so here I stand, high and surrendered. I need you now, hold my heart, now and forever. My soul cries out. Is there a cry from your soul that says, Holy Spirit, I need you more today in this moment than I did yesterday? But I love the chorus. It says, once, once I was broken, but you loved my whole heart through. There's nothing that you can do to clean yourself up this morning for Jesus to accept you. He's not gonna love you any more than he does right now. His love for you is all in. If this were program, all the chips are in. He's moved them all in saying, I've given my life for you. I've given my best for you. And you can experience his power and his presence in moments of surrender. Saying, Jesus, I need you here. I need you now. Once I was broken, but Lord, you've loved my whole heart through. It says, sin has no hold on me because grace holds me now. And so we're gonna open up these altars an altar is a place of consecration. You can come because here's what I want you to know. This morning, this is about you and the Holy Spirit. If you feel led to pray with someone, then I would say don't ignore or resist the Holy Spirit. But other than that, this isn't the moment where we're like, oh, we're gonna call the elders and we're gonna pray. No, this is just a moment for you to experience Holy Spirit for yourself. That's it. So when we get to that part of the chorus, I'm just gonna encourage you. And would you lift your hands high and would you say, Holy Spirit, would you do a work in me? I, would I be able to encounter you in such a, fr a fresh, unique presence this morning that you would breathe new life, that you would breathe into the sailboat that I want to get in because I want to stop rowing on my own. And you can have that through the power of Jesus this morning.